Positive Friday rolling through the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. You can join us, audio, visual, or both. You make the choice. Stream us, of course, uh, online. If you like it, sports1440.ca. Get the app. You can do it uh, at Stingray, iHeartRadio, or the Radio Player app. It is uh, your choice. It sounds uh, crystal clear when you're there. So uh, I like it. Hey, guys, I'm 60 year old. 60 years old now. I'm hard-pressed to eat a six-ounce steak <laughs> from Walter. <laughs> Touche, Walter. Touche. But you might want to give it a run. You never know. But probably wouldn't feel good the next day. Uh, the Gregor Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And guess what? It's Friday night. It's pause of Friday. How about this? $27 million in Lotto Max. You can get your tickets at PlayAlberta.ca, where all of the revenue 100% stays right here in the province of Alberta. Let's play Alberta.ca. As we uh, welcome in our regular uh, Friday co-host, Wanye Gretz. Wanye, how are you? What was going on in here? There was a look. Like there was food. You forty-ounce steak, buddy. We got some over you there. You ate a forty-ounce steak well, on a Friday. Of I didn't. No, no, no. But at the brew house, every brew house in the country tomorrow, uh, all helping out the uh, Alberta farmers. Forty-ounce steak for forty-nine ninety-nine. What a deal! And somebody's going to win a ten thousand dollars smoker. Could you crush a 40? You could eat a 40 ounce. Like you're a pretty big eater, aren't gun, you? Gun to my head, I could make it happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be an everyday trick, but if it was a feat of strength and people were impressed, I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. You could be like uh, John Candy, just sitting there slowly cutting it through and all uh, the Work great your outdoors. Way through. Yeah, Have you yeah. ever eaten a comically large steak? No. No. I'm not. It's like, I'm not a. I'm not a huge eater. I've never been like, I can eat a lot type of Don't guy. Don't you put on a pizza fest? Yeah, pizza pig out. But Could you eat a pizza? You can pizza pig up, but you can't eat a forty ounce steak. No, like For a 40, charity, a forty ounce steak. No, I, honestly, I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. And at the pizza pig out, I don't go in the pizza eating contest because I would lose. I would suck. I'm you not facilitate the pizza pig out. Yeah, I, the pizza pig out's more, but I do eat a lot of pizza there. I will say, I try a lot of different pizzas, but you know, thin crust pizza compared to a steak. Like, come on, there isn't a more dense food to try to overeat than a steak. No, but it's so good, man. And I like, I like what Patty said. Like, do not get this is like nothing more than medium at the most. I would even react. You don't want well done. You're ruining it. Yeah. You're and ruining you, well, it. A 48 ounce steak, you take home the next day. Steak so, and eggs in the morning. Oh, yes. Two day deal. See, I never had steak and eggs in the morning. I've never tried. I tried it once. I didn't like it. It was too, like, steak to me is like a dinner. I want steak for dinner. I like, I've even had it for lunch. But breakfast, I respect those who do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't like it. It was too filling. We're like two ships passing in the night. You've never used a delivery app to bring food to your house. That's You're not true. eating steak. Hey, 48 support, ounce steak. I like to support the local businesses because they're getting ripped off. And the amount that they have to pay for that. Like, good for the people that work there, but hey, I support the company themselves, the guys who make the food. So you know what? Um, I will go pick it up myself. Or I go to their website because there are some companies who still just deliver themselves. That's what I do. It's one man's thing. It's not a big crusade. You know what? Uh, you want to use your apps? doesn't bother me. I don't, I'm not against it. I just I don't do it. I also don't have Uber on my phone. So no, I'm still old school. I like the taxi. That's crazy. Taxi? Yeah. yeah. But I really, the one I probably use the most is uh, Keys, please. Because if I'm downtown yeah. and I want a few drinks, then I can just, they take my car home with me. It's perfect. It's unbelievable. Uber is one of the better inventions of the modern age, I think. Oh, Remember yeah. back in the day, you'd leave the bar and there were oh, like two taxes dude, for 10,000 people? Dude, most people, if, if you were circa in the 90s, even early 2000s, you remember vividly coming out of the bar on White Avenue yeah. and then and then either running past Iron Horse to go down east because that's where you'd be the first one to get Smart. the cab. Or, that's a veteran play. Or you'd go the other end if you were at O'Burns and you'd go west 
Because you were hoping to get a cab that way. I can remember taxis coming down White Ave in blizzards and them being attacked by people like World War oh, Z zombies. Uh, yeah, and there's 20 people for every taxi. And yeah. you're like, is anyone ever going to fix this? Like Uber didn't come out, though, till like mid-10s. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, it's made it. I would assume now when you go out on New Year's, even though I hear that Uber kind of rips you off and they really up the price. Oh, 100%. But at least you can get one. A lot easier than you can get a cab. Because... Half the battle of people on New Year's was like, well, you better plan ahead. We're going to have to, somebody's got to be the DD for yeah. sure. Yeah. Or, you know, we're playing to God uh, that we're not going to freeze to death while you wait outside. I can re- legitimately remember being outside bars on White Avenue being like, I don't know what the next move is because I've been outside the bar for an hour and there's no taxi coming and it's minus 25. All we right. used to take our lives in our hands. Hey, Connor, Adam's here with the hat. So uh, you can go, uh, Adam's going to get some socks and, and a hat. Uh, we're helping out. It's uh, Socktober. So uh, people are bringing by uh, new warm winter socks, two packs of them. And then we're making a trade. They bring it. We donate it. And then they get a hat. That's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. a lot going on here today. Yeah, Steaks and hats and socks. Steaks and hats, yeah. And uh, Yanmark's on the second line. Unbelievable. Yeah, I thought you'd be excited about that. I know you're Matias Yanmark's We are off fan. to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Dude. Uh-oh. That's the solution? Uh, well, I, honestly, I'm perplexed. Why Yanmark? So for anybody who's just joining us, the, the lines of practice today were Hyman, Drysaddle, McDavid, then Nugent Hopkins, Fogel, and Yanmark, Kane, Brown, and McLeod, and then Holloway was the fourth line center with Ryan and, and uh, Ernie. I've actually liked Holloway's game. I think Holloway's – now, I know he hasn't produced, but he's not getting outshot. He's not getting outscored. Well, he's getting outscored. They're all getting outscored five on five, uh, except I think there's, there's maybe two or three players who are uh, – uh, I think maybe it might be. Let me look it up. I think maybe Holloway and McLeod are the only two guys who uh, haven't been outscored uh, five on five. Maybe it's them. I'm not. No, sorry, it's Nuge and Drysaddle. Okay, there, yeah, they're four. They're four goals for three goals against five on five. But I know Holloway hasn't produced, but I've actually liked his game. If if I was moving anybody up, I would have moved Holloway up on the second line wing. And uh, just kept the fourth line together. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe this is one of Jay Woodcroft's little games. He likes to play and run different lines at practice. And then he has different lines in the game. But something would tell me when you're one in three, you're not doing that. Or you shouldn't be doing that. You practice the lines you want. So maybe he's going to say, okay, Nugent Hopkins, Fogle, and Yanmark, you're going to be our defensive line. Maybe that's a strategy. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. But... Uh uh, you know, other than that, it's a little surprising to me. Uh, more surprising is how lethargic the orders have been in the third period. Like, they were here very early. They were here in the captain skates. I mean, skating all the time. They don't have one goal in the third period. And by the way, they've trailed in three of those games. So you should be a little bit more desperate in the third. And they got goose eggs across the board. And they were scoring in the third period like crazy last year. Yeah. Well, they're the highest scoring team. Avalanche. Highest scoring team in the first period, I think, and the second period and something like fourth or something in the in the third period. So, you know, they scored a lot of goals last year and uh, it's early. It's only four games, but you can't. Well, if it's only four games, then all of a sudden it's only six games and then oh, it's only eight games. And like I said, I don't believe it's cause for concern to miss the playoffs. I think it's cause for concern to miss home ice advantage outside of the second round or first round. And that's the problem. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Vegas. Those two teams have both been very good at home ice. And if you think you're going to finish second in the Pacific, then that means you you have to feel, okay, to win the cup, we're going to have to win on the road in Vegas. We're going to have to win on the road in Colorado unless those teams get upset. It's just not an ideal plan. No, I agree. I don't think that – 
one and three is the start we were looking for, and we all got our crystal balls out to start the year. I have to tone down my ten three predictions and stuff like that to something a little bit more. Yeah, reasonable. get a little bit more realistic. A little more here. in the ballpark. Yeah. So to try to score a few goals. So uh, we'll see. Hey guys, I've been to the every forty ounce steak night at the brew house since they started doing them. It's honestly not that difficult. The hardest part is the sore jaw from chewing from uh, J.C. Glazer. How many 40-ounce steaks have you had, J.C.? And how many of them were brew house steak night? Well, that can, they've done it now for eight. This will be the eighth year, so I'm going to guess he's had at least seven. Well, I know that's not true because the first few years they were 32-ouncers. Now they've, they've upped the game. Now they're 40. Inflation. No, no, they just wanted to have bigger steak, make the uh, make it a little bit more fun. There's no way, though, JC's only eating 40-ounce steaks at one restaurant chain. He's probably training at home. He's got a secondary <laughs> chain he goes to. Do you have to train or do you just tell yourself, you know what, I got four hours or however long? Like, I'd be curious, how long does it take? That's the other question. Like, does the steak get cold? Like, can you send it back and say, hey, guys, I'm halfway done. Can you, can you go reheat it, put it on the heat lamp? Or does it get a little cold by the end? I think you're getting cold. Yeah, that's my question. See, well, the the orders of, uh, hey guys, speaking of forty ounces, the orders have laid a few of those. <laughs> Touche, Dave. Touche. I know what you're saying. Hey guys, incredibly fast. Liam Foodie's on waivers. Do you think he's a fit in Edmonton from Rockford? I will say this about Liam Foodie: Can he skate? Yes. What else is he going to do? Um, he for some reason, is getting waived on a Columbus team that isn't that deep of a team. So I, I've talked to a few people in Columbus, and you know, I, I asked a few scouts, hey, you know what, because this guy's an 18th overall pick a few years ago. Hey, he's six foot two, and you're right, he can fly, but there hasn't been a lot else going on. Scout told me, like, last year was the most games he's played in his pro career at 62. He's battled some injuries. That's been a factor. And you know what? Maybe he just needs to spend a full year in the American League, get some confidence, because, you know, this guy was a scorer. He, he was drafted in the first round. You're expecting him to produce some points. I know not every first rounder becomes a, a top six player, but you, you got to be able to produce at least as a point of game player in the minors. And he's not even that. So I'll say this I would be surprised if the orders claimed him. And. I might be surprised if anybody claims them based on the scouting reports I've had from a few people uh, suggesting that, you know, right now it's it's a pretty deep project to put on your roster. So um, I know and lots of us love the waiver wire, but remember, like 95% of players on the waiver wire either don't get claimed or don't become the player you hope they could be based on what they've done uh, many years ago. They're there for a reason. In many instances. 100%. They're there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Hey, guys, scoring's not their problem. Just ask them from uh, the shanked one. Well, 5-on-5 five five scoring has been their problem. They've only got six 5-on-5 five five goals so far. Um, now, historically, scoring isn't their problem. And if there's one element of their game that I think the orders will improve, it'll be their scoring. But, but, all, but we, we can't pretend that scoring's been great thus far. They scored one goal in the first game. They scored one goal. Out. Yeah, they had six in one game against Nashville. Like, But it's Nashville for whatever reason. They beat up on Nashville for fun. But other in their other three games, they have a combined five goals. So less than two goals a game. So I would say in 75% of your games, when you're uh, not even a two-goal-a-game team, offense, 
not great right now. So, hey, Gregor, any idea why you think Woodcroft is demoting Holloway? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. For like, I think Holloway's played well. Now, here's the only thing: is he's moving him to center. Because he looks at it, yeah, okay, you're going down a line. I'm going to be curious about his minutes played. That's what I'm going to look at. Maybe they see, hey, we want Holloway to inject some speed, the way he's been playing. Maybe we look at he can be a mismatch against Winnipeg's fourth line, right? That, that's the only thing I can think of because, you know, they're going to say, well, Yanmark, he's more defensive responsibly. So Nugent Hopkins, Yanmark, and Fogel, they're going to get a lot of D-zone starts. I, like I'm trying to rationalize why the coach would do it. That's the only sane thing I can think of. Because you cannot tell me the Matthias Janmark's play is like, hey, you know what? We're going to put him in the top six because we think he's going to add some offense for us. He's got one shot on goal. Sorry. that's That can't be the reasoning. It's got to be they're going to counter. He's got last change. He's going to want them in a defensive role. It's the only thing I can think of. It's game four and he's dropping F-bombs. Where do we go from here, Coach Woody? Now, did you laugh when you when you I heard laughed, him drop? Of course, because it's kind of like when you hear your parents funny when your parent swears for the first time, yes. or maybe not even for the first time, but maybe when you're like sixteen or seventeen, and all of a sudden you're out working, and all of a sudden your mom drops like three or four, and you're just like, "What <gasps> is happening?" Right? Like it's it's quite funny. Yeah. And Jay Woodcroft's not that guy, and even in the tone that he said it, he wasn't that mad, no. which shows because as anybody who's either a parent themselves. Right? It's like calm on the outside, fuming on the inside. You know what, little Jimmy? You, and then you drop one. That's when the kids, ooh, okay, I'm on a cross. Like when your parents used to just grab the wooden spoon and just pull it out of the jar. Just rattle the drawer yeah, a little bit. To, ooh, all of a sudden you get your attention. So, um, and that's great that Woodcroft says this, but I think the next move for Woodcroft has to be the spoon. No, well, ice time. It's got to be ice time. There, you can't just keep. Saying, okay, guys, there's no consequences if you're having an off night. Nate Schmidt, $5.9 million fenceman, healthy scratched, right? Timo Meyer just signed a huge contract in New Jersey, sent for the bench for the third period. Damon Severson, brand new contract in Columbus, benched after a bad giveaway. Like at some point, Woodcroft, and it's, and it can't be, oh, I'm going to bench Adam Ernie. Oh, well, Vincent DeHarnay. Ooh, that's really sending a message. Like, it's going to have to be if Bouchard has another major gaffe, if Evander Kane isn't ready, you know what? Hey, sit him down. Now, you choose if it wants to be 10 minutes, if you want to be a period, whatever. But at some point, you've got to do something to get their attention. It can't just be words. Cause that's all you have. Every coach I've ever talked to. The one thing you have that you can really motivate your players with is ice time. You take their ice time away, like, because you'll give them warnings, but then eventually it's got to be like, put up or shut up. Or sit down, I guess. Put up or sit down would probably be the better analogy there. So I think that's the next move for Woodcroft, is it not? It's going to have to do something. It's not going to be Yanmark in the second line that it's going to shuffle the deck. Yeah. No, I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, when we come back, Craig Button will join us on a pause of Friday. Lots of text flying in our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. Uh, this one from Paul. I want to read it quick. Hey, guys, this team usually goes dark in December. That leaves November for them to gain ground. It's not just a slow start that's a problem. Well, Paul, that would be brutal if they had the slow start and then, you know, got hot and then had their December soon. But this year is different. If you look at the order schedule... The first two weeks of December, they're at home the entire two weeks. And that has not happened before. 
So we're 11 days to Halloween. The panic is on 10. It's well, great. Hey, I'm, I'm not panicking. Not you specifically, no, but with the rest I, of our dear Oilers fans. And, and I think it's valid for the order fans to be concerned. And I'm saying if you if the goal is to win a Stanley Cup, and there's no guarantees, but if the goal is to win a Stanley Cup, you want to give yourself the best opportunity. Is that fair? Fair. So the best opportunity historically has been home ice advantage. It's a fact. Now, yes, the L.A. Kings don't text in. Hey, the Kings finished eighth. Yeah, okay. Exceptions to the rule. All right. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. It happens. All right. So overall, though, the teams who are good at home, the higher-seeded teams, they stay at home. They win the games. And home ice advantage, the later on in the playoffs, historically matters more. It's been proven. First round, yeah, it's a little bit dicey. You get out of the first round, now you got home ice advantage, it's better. So we'll uh, we'll see if the orders, it's early, but they're already eight back of Vegas, six back of Colorado. We're already eight back of Vegas. Yeah, they're undefeated. They're 5-0. and oh. oh, no. So there you go. We'll return on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. A little brass bonanza for you on a positive Friday. How are you? Jason Gregor. Monia Gretz, Connor Halley with you. Uh, see Declan Kruger really trying to put a big dent in the old 40 ounce steak over there. So, uh, we'll give a little update later on. See, uh, see, uh, how he's doing. It's like watching, it's like watching Michael Phelps swim. <laughs> he's a pro. <laughs> Knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. He's liking it. Very good. Uh, and I think the key is gotta get, mix a little steak sauce in there, get a little lubrication in it for sure. Uh, let's go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's. And uh, one of your favorite games ever is back, baby. Monopoly, and now with more chances to win than ever. Of course, you can uh, peel on the pack, then you can peel on the app. Boom, double your chances. Lots of opportunities to win. All the rules are at mcdpromotion.ca. mcdpromotion.ca. We're still waiting. I've had conversations with chat now about bringing back the McPizza. You know somebody who could bring back the McPizza? We've had conversations because, yeah, you know, and it went through the whole thing, like having the ovens in each location was very expensive. Yes. And so I've been working on convincing them to say, just pick one location. And that's the only location that has the pizza. Can, they don't have the latitude to make these decisions, do they? To bring back the McPizza? There's, hey, these are the conversations. The, the, uh, like, you got to go the big man for that, Mc, well, Ronald McDonald himself. Well, did you know that the, uh, like the international head of McDonald's did a tour in Edmonton last month? And I'm like, no joke, man. They have like, m- like armored cars when he comes in. I'm not even joking. Oh, yeah, because there's mean threats and, and stuff before. And was so it Wendy? Was came, Wendy threatening McDonald's? No, no. no. They, he came in and he toured one of the Edmonton locations. And it got a rave review. Huh. So um, we'll see. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. If you want to, just if anytime you go in, uh, talk to managers, say, hey, uh, McPizza, is it coming back? I think we could get a few locations with it. I can remember McPizza. I can remember eating it at the McDonald's in West Edmonton Mall. Oh, so good. So good. Now, our next guest, when you're an experienced pickleballer, probably never tried a McPizza. Maybe he has or not. Uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN joins us. Butts, how you doing? I've tried McPizza. I like McPizza. I thought it was a pretty good idea. You know what I love the best about McPizza? is on the Z, they use the arches. They use the yes. M-M-Z-Z-A. It was really cool. Now, 48-ounce steak, you were talking about Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps in his heyday, 
He used to eat 8,000 calories a day. A 48 ounce steak would be just an appetizer for Michael Phelps when he was competing. Oh, isn't that crazy? 8,000 calories. What are your meals made of at that level? Oh, God. It's a lot of eggs, man. A lot of something. Yeah, eggs, whatever the protein, but you need carbs. I mean, you were swimming like he did with that body. I mean, you have to, you have to load up and he, and he did. So, you know what? 48 ounces to Michael Phelps. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Craig, you know what? There's a, there's a few teams here. It's been a very unique season. Right now, did you know, here's a fun little stat for you. The eight leaders in most goals against so far are all teams who made the playoffs last year. L.A., Edmonton, Winnipeg, Carolina, Seattle. Like, it's hilarious. It's early on in the season. But the eight worst teams with the most goals against were all eight playoff teams last year. Um, You know, I, I get that it's early on. But, you know, there are... We can say it's early as one thing, and I don't think it's panic yet for the playoffs for Edmonton, but if you dig too deep of a hole like we saw last year with Vegas, then you can make the playoffs and you can have a really good season of 109 points, but then you still don't have home ice advantage. And if you're Edmonton, Craig, and if you don't have home ice advantage outside of the first round, that means you have to go to win in Vegas and Colorado. Not impossible, but way harder. And that's where the slow start can hurt you. Not making the playoffs, it can really damage your chances of a cup because now you're going to be, have to be a road team in rounds two, three, and four. Well, and, 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 it's, and, and absolutely, that's the way you got to look at it. So, you, you, you know, you consider part of the part of the challenge here. And I, I mean, there's I mean, I, I think there might be five teams that were in the playoffs last year that aren't this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, just by, by by what's happened over the last number of years. Anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But when, when you're looking, and, and I think the Pacific Division is the hardest division in the National Hockey League. Vegas and Edmonton and L.A. Kings and Seattle made the playoffs last year, and Calgary just missed the playoffs. And you know, I, and, and you had Vancouver making the playoffs. You know what? I'm going to bet you right now. I'll, I'll take you out for for any type of pizza you want, anywhere you want, if the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs. Okay, <laughs> that's that's what I'll do. Okay, yeah, now, that's fair. I know lots of good pizza places, and if big pizza's not bad. That being said, you know if you're if, if you're now finishing first place in your division in, in the Pacific is a, is a massive benefit and a massive bonus. Yep. And you're right; it's not impossible. But you want to give yourself every advantage. The, the 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 road to the Stanley Cup is a hard road. So it's not it's not that like there's one path that's easy. But you want to give yourself a path that could be just a little bit less challenging. And not having home ice in two consecutive rounds that's hard to do. And I think that the Oilers and uh, with with the expectations that they have for themselves being a Stanley Cup contender. You know, their their defensive play and even strength is terrible. It's terrible. And, you know, and, and until they clean that up, you know, it's not it's not going to uh, – it's not going to produce wins. And we know they can score. And Connor McDavid, uh, I think it's very clear. Connor McDavid is interested in one thing. What do we have to do as a team to compete for a Stanley Cup? He's got every single accolade, every single trophy that he uh, – that you would expect him to have. And now his focus is on the is on the uh, is on the cup. That's where it's at. And and the and the Oilers have to dial into those details if they wanna if they wanna be serious about uh, competing for the cup. 
When you look at their defensive play, Craig, I know everybody's talking about the system. Like, there's not many systems in the NHL. And I get that maybe you're not 100%, so maybe your reaction time, you're thinking a little bit more than reacting. But I, the orders have given up so many goals off the rush and so many scoring chances off the rush. So that's not their defensive system. Um, what are you seeing when you watch them that is so egregious in the defensive zone, specifically because right now... Uh, it's like open season. Here you go. You can shoot from the slot. The order's getting absolutely murdered and giving up chances from the slot. Yeah, so let me just go back, Jason, uh, quickly to, to your comment about rush chances against and turnover chances against. Defensive play isn't just in your own zone. Yeah. You know, how you play defense starts in the offensive zone. Are you going to be loose with the puck? Are you going to make hope plays? Are you going to start the other team's breakout? Are you going to make lateral plays at the blue line where it leads to transition? NHL teams are too good now. They st- they're looking for transition, and at a snap of the finger, they're in transition. So when I look at and, – and is there any better example than the 2-on-0 they gave up last week against the uh, Vancouver Canucks? 2-on-0. I mean, for that all started in the offensive zone. So defensive problems don't just start in your defensive zone. They also start before that. And I don't think they've been very good, as you just pointed out, with the rush chances against. Then you get into your defensive zone, and, you know, you talk about systems of team play. And you, I, I agree with you. I mean, everybody talks about oh, the system. They got to get used to the system. No, you know what you got to do? You got to do what you got to do. What's hard, and it's hard to sprint to position and and be in the right position. It's hard to compete on pucks. That's what winning hockey is about. And the Oilers aren't doing that. They're not. They're not getting in a good position. They're chasing back in the defensive zone. They're giving up the middle of the ice because they're not hard where you need to be hard. And you don't have to chase outside the dots. Play inside the dots. Play into the middle of the ice. But you want to start chasing and being loose. You're going to run into all kinds of problems. And and the Oilers have been poster poster players for doing that this year early in the season. Craig Button joins us on Sports 1440. It's the uh, Jason Greger Show, positive Friday edition. Uh, Craig, other teams around the league, the Carolina Hurricanes are stunning to me that uh, they lead the league in goals against. Now, they're scoring a lot of goals, so they're they're three and two, right? So they're getting by. And it's not because they're playing terrible defense. They haven't given up a ton of shots for the most part, um, except their last game. But Freddie Anderson, you know, Ranta gets pulled last night in Seattle. Uh, those two have been horrific just in goal alone. And, the, and they've They've got injury issues, and I was looking at the last three years, Craig, and it's just been a steady, steady decline for them. How concerned are you about the goaltender? Do you think uh, uh, Kochkev is now going to like? They're just going to have to hand him the ball and say, "Run with it, kid." Yeah, you, you run into a you run into a scenario, and, and Freddie Anderson, you know, has, has been solid. You know, Ranta. I mean, he's had injuries, and he's just not the same goaltender. I think at some point in time, they have to put a stake in the ground. You know, they haven't been able to achieve what they wanted to achieve with Freddie Anderson. The Toronto Maple Leafs weren't either. And that's not – I'm not here to blame Freddie Anderson. I I think that when you see some of the goals that are going in – in fact, when you see a lot of the goals that are going in, you you need better goaltending than that. And, you know, if Kachetkov – is still unproven, that's okay. Let's see what he can do. I, I don't think there's any question the Carolina Hurricanes are going to make the playoffs, but this becomes now a scenario where you can test your goaltender, test where he's at, and then see what you have when it gets to come to important times. And I think that's where the Carolina Hurricanes find themselves. And I think the quicker they get to uh, Kachetkov playing on a regular basis in the net, the, the 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 more confident they can be in, in number one in that in him as a goaltender or maybe having to explore other options. 
in Toronto, uh, you know, Matthews had back-to-back hat tricks and everyone's excited, but, uh, you know, their, their team defense, same thing there. Um, TJ Brody, it's early. Craig, but man, TJ Brody's game. Like, I wonder, Brad Treleman, this guy, is he going to have to do a Ken Holland like trade at the deadline and, and find a Matias Ekholm? Like, is that the obvious thing, or do you see other issues in Toronto? Uh, well, I see, I'll get to the other issue in a second, and I think it's a big issue, but here's the issue with the blue line. And yeah, I, I'm going to answer yes to your question about uh, Brad Treleman. I, I look at a blue line with Mark Giordano, TJ Brody, Timothy Lilligren, and Jake McCabe. And I say, good luck winning a Stanley Cup. Good luck. To me, you're not winning a Stanley Cup when you get up against good teams. No, not happening. Not with those four defensemen on your team. So I think that Brad Tree Living has to evaluate what, 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 he can, what he can bring into his organization, how he strengthens and bolsters that blue line. But with that quartet on your blue line playing, I, I see no way that they compete for a Stanley Cup. Now, I think one of the bigger issues, and I, I think it showed up again in their game versus Florida on Thursday. William Elander gets drilled from behind by Kulikov. Crickets. There wasn't one response by anybody on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got pushed around last year by the Florida Panthers. They get pushed around again in, in the game versus Florida last night. I go back to, to the Vegas game this year in the preseason when Hayden Hodgson ran Mark Stone. Mark Stone, Petrangelo, Howden, yeah. Martinez, n- n- not happening here. Uh, and, you, and you think about it, and, and you think about the opening game of the season. Ryan Reeves runs Caden Gooley. Who's right there? Arbor Jacka. Yeah. Right there. No, no hesitation. Not happening on our watch. The Toronto Maple Leafs are not hard. They get, they get pushed around, and until they stand up for themselves and say, you're not going to push this around, I'm not talking about dropping your gloves. I'm not talking about having to fight every time. It's about saying, we are going to stand up for ourselves. It's, we're all in it together. We're going to push through resistance. And ironically, coincidentally, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Brendan Shanahan, in March of 1997, the Red Wings found themselves in that spot. They've been pushed around by the New Jersey Devils in 95 in the final. They got to the final. And then they got pushed around by the Colorado Avalanche. And in March of 1997, the Red Wings said, not happening anymore. They went and won the Cup that year and the subsequent year. Until the Toronto Maple Leafs do that, I I can tell you right now, they will never show up on my list of a team to win the Stanley Cup. What have you made of Tampa without Vasilevsky? Kind of what you expected? Yeah, and okay, so you lose Vasilevsky, right? So I mean, let I mean, let's argue. Let's say let's say he's the best goalie in the league. It doesn't always, to be the best goalie in the league doesn't mean I always have to numbers. Yes, but I think he's the best goalie in the league. Fair. They've had a talent drain in there, Jason. They lost Gord, Goodrow, Coleman, Palat, Kalorn, McDonough, and Ruta. Seven players that are that, that are instrumental, strong players. In, in three straight Stanley Cup appearances, including two Stanley Cups. And you replace them with bodies? No way. There is no way a team can still perform at the same level when you have that type of talent drain. And I think now you take Vasilevsky out of it, who can mask some of your issues. <laughs> and I think I think it, the challenge just becomes greater. And, you know, we know how good their top players are. We know how good uh, John Cooper is as a coach. But you can't have that type of talent drain and expect to remain a, 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 a team that's at the, at the top of the, of the heap in national. I don't even think you can be near the top of the heap with that type of talent drain. 
One last one for you, Greg. Uh, we've seen it around the league. Uh, we've seen coaches. Heck, uh, Nate Schmidt got uh, sat healthy scratch for an entire game. Uh, Timo Meyer, uh, Lindy Ruff benched him in the third period. Uh, Columbus uh, head coach Ken Johnson got sat out first game, and then their new defenseman uh, gets uh, gets benched after a terrible uh, giveaway. Coaches always talk about that's really the one thing they have is ice time, right? I, I look at the Edmonton orders, and it's early, Craig. And you've been a GM, you know, you talk to the coach all the time. The orders have had some guys here that have had lackluster starts. At, at what point do you think, and I don't think it's too early if I look around the league, you know, you talk about toughness. Does, does there need to be a little bit more tough love here in Edmonton? Is Jay Woodcroft at the point here? You know, he's dropping F-bombs, so he's obviously not happy with his team in the, in the post-game presser. Is now the time to maybe, and I'm not talking Vincent DeHarnay or Adam Ernie. I'm talking a significant player, if they're not going, that has their ice time reduced. Is now the time to do it? I, I think coaches have to hold the team accountable. Uh, you know, you want to play a certain way, you got to hold players accountable. I, I don't think that that should have ever changed. I, 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 and I think that players have to look at, at the situation and be accountable themselves. You know, I, you just have to be fair and balanced. You have to go to players. You have to be able to go and say, okay, here's what I need from you. You know, I, I, Dale Hunter, a couple of years back when he was in Washington, Mike Knubel wasn't playing very well. Dale brought him in. He said, Mike, I need more from you. So depending on what the type of who the player is and who it is, and you, you, you're not just blindsiding them. Anyway, he's talking to Mike. Mike, Mike wasn't responding. I mean, maybe he wasn't capable of responding. Dale said, "You better, you better, you better get going here. I'm going to have to do it." He didn't, and he and he sat him out. And 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 I think as a coach, you have to be clear in your communication with what you're expecting. You have to hold the players to those expectations. And if you're and if they're not holding their end of the bargain, sorry, that's uh, we're we're going to find a different solution. And that might be for one game, two games, three games, and whatever it may be. But that's the way it has to be. And you want to play more, play better. 100%. Craig, great stuff, my man. Uh, have yourself an awesome weekend, and uh, we will chat with you next Friday. You remember our bet, right? Oh, hey, sure, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Have you watched the Vancouver Canucks? Or hey, dude, they I've watched the same and I, they have the same problems they had every other year. Yeah, well, you know what? You mentioned pizza, and I'm like, yeah, right now, Tyler Myers could be a delivery boy for a pizza chain because he's been serving up a lot of them. <laughs> Line of the day. I'll, uh, I'll depart on that. There you go. Last that word is, to you. See ya. Uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN. Like Canuck fans, they were all giddy about the two games against the Orders, but oof, like the few games on the road trip, Tyler Myers was brutal. Like Order fans, to put it in perspective, Evan Bouchard times about three or four because Bouchard's had a few tough games, right? He's had a few. T- let's be honest. He can play better. He's had a few tough games. Early, coach is stuck with him, but at some point, got to get a little bit more urgency. Now, Bouchard's better than Myers is right now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm trying to give it perspective for those who haven't seen it. We'll come back with uh, five questions and more on the Positive Friday edition of the Gregor Show and Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. little extra brass for you on a lovely Friday as you make your way home. Drive safe. Be patient. Hey, good news. You can just listen to the show now if you're stuck in traffic. Something you couldn't do back in the summer. You missed it. So, hey, I know the orders are losing right now. You're a little frustrated. 
you're an Elks fan, you're like, oh, season's finally over. Their final game tomorrow. See what they do. The last time they played the Bombers, it was competitive and tell the Bombers kind of turn things on. So uh, we'll see how the uh, Elks handle their final game of the season. I, I still think it's an addition for a pretty young group of players. So find out how many of them will be uh, coming back next year. And then uh, we'll get into the offseason because the biggest offseason about the Elks is Chris Jones going to come back as the GM, the head coach, and the defensive coordinator. If he does... I think it's going to be a challenge to see significant improvement. I just think it's difficult. I don't think there's enough hours in the day to do all three jobs effectively. So Chris Jones, if you look at his track record, his track record of a head coach when he's just a head coach is way better. Now, do I think he would give up the GM job? Probably not because that's the most secure one. So I don't know what they'll do, but that's the, uh, the big topic of conversation for me in the off season. Like I'm sorry. The proof's in the pudding. You don't win when you're doing all those jobs. You just don't. So uh, will the organization have the gonads to say make a choice? We'll see. Let's get to five questions brought to you by The Brick. And right now, ooh, baby, how about this? An extra 40% off. Savings right now in the uh, Scratch and Save event. There's over $115,000 in saving in instant prizes to be won. Go to the brick and thebrick.com. Good luck. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys. Early still. Let's start by saying that. But so far for the Oilers, I'd say underwhelming. Now, what has been the biggest problem for the team, in your opinion? We got one goalie, Jack Cavill, sitting here with the goals against a 366. Stuart Skinner's coming in at 533. Those are very, very, very high numbers. Too high. Yeah, right now, the number one issue for the Oilers is their inability to defend the slot. It has uh, the last two games... Shots from the slot, 39 against, 24. So 39 to 20. Basically 2 to 1 from the most dangerous area in the ice. Not good. Question number two. Seems like uh, Evan Bouchard becoming a little bit of the whipping boy on social media. If you're Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft, what's the game plan for Bouchard going forward? And what would your message have been to him yesterday after the game? Ah, that's a good one. Well, number one is, you know, flush it, erase it, move on, and just become more assertive. Like, the the first Bouchard error is the one that I'm probably maybe more concerned about because that's his forte. Like, that guy handling the puck, we've seen Evan Bouchard. You know what? It's that meme where there's the fire all around you. There's like, oh, nothing's wrong. But lots of times that's Bouchard. Puck's on his stick, four check. Oh, no problem. One little quick move and it's out. That's the strength of his game. For him to just botch that play, A, I would, I don't think it's repeatable, right? Like him losing a battle, that's repeatable. Him maybe making the wrong read, cutting outside, leaving the middle of the ice open, probably is going to happen again. The other one is in, that should never happen. Like, I'm sorry, this is an NHL defenseman with that's your bread and butter, just handling the puck with no one around you. That can't happen. You got to flush it. I like what you're saying. There's not a lot of positives to take out of these first four games if you're having Bouchard. You just got to see how fast you can put that behind you. Question number three for you guys. Uh, reports Phil Kessel wants to get back into the NHL here at some point. Which team do you think would be the best fit for the thrill? I'll tell you who's not a good fit. When Gene Principe was trying to eat that hot dog and it fell on the floor, my first thought was Phil Kessel's not going to sign here. 
We don't know how to deal with hot dogs. As a hot dog spokesperson, he's never going to sign with a team that's mistreating hot dogs live on TV. He'll never come here. Makes sense. Um, Well, I don't see him a fit in Edmonton. So I know in Vegas he was a healthy scratch in the playoffs. In the regular season, like you look at Phil Kessel and you say, okay, what is Phil Kessel going to bring? I, I, I'm not sure he has the skill anymore or the speed to be a top six player. He definitely is not an energy guy on your fourth line. So could he maybe help your third line? Maybe. Right. Yeah. He, you know, he's very well liked in the dress room. He's a fun loving guy that way. So oof, who's a good fit? Um, and the thing is, does Phil want to sign with a bottom feeder team? Probably not. So honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I see a team that feels like they're competitive. Like I'll, I'll say this, maybe on the outside, the New York Islanders. They lost Zach Parise. Maybe, maybe them. I, other than that, I'm not. Like if it's true that Phil wants to play on a competitive team, then I think it's going to be difficult. Question number four. Christine Sinclair announcing she's done playing internationally after this season or this year. Who do you think will be the next face of the Canadian women's national team? Well, it's, it's, that's huge cleats to fill. Let's let's just call a spade a spade there right now. Um, I'm going to say if, if I have to pick who has maybe the best chance, I'm going to go with uh, Janine Becky. I think she probably has the uh, the best chance. And and again, I don't know. Like you're you're talking about the all time leading scorer in women's soccer, right? Like that. It's not just oh hey, next person comes along, no big deal. Right, so like the fact that Edmonton fans somehow found a Connor McDavid, not that, and it was many decades later after Wayne Gretzky, it's like Crosby and Lemieux. It's so freakishly rare. So I'll say Janine Becky, but I, I I don't expect her to have to be on the level of Christine Sinclair. Yeah, when someone of that magnitude retires, I think they just sort of cast a shadow for a long time. That's what I would guess would happen. It's going to be a long time until another Christine Sinclair comes along. She's inspired, though. That's a great thing. Christine Sinclair, and there's girls on her team who've talked about it because she's almost 40, right? So you got to remember, there's lots of girls from, they, they've watched this for 15 years. They're now in their 25. They were 10, and they're like, oh my goodness, Christine Sinclair was 25. She's my hero. I want to be her. So she's really inspired. And so that's the good news is there's probably even another crop coming because they won the Olympics that all of a sudden will get more girls interested in the game and more girls playing. And when you have more of them, then your odds of finding one who could potentially be that good are a little bit higher. But it's... uh that is no small task, man. I, I'll say this. I don't think whoever's the next face of Canadian soccer will end up being the all-time leader in women's goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right with that one. And final question for you guys today, hypothetical Friday, and uh, we're getting closer to Halloween, so we got to make it a little dark. If you were dropped into any horror movie, which do you think would be the worst one to be in? I'm not good with the jump scares, Connor. You know what I mean? Those movies where all of a sudden something's happening and then something else happens and it pops out. I've been mocked numerous times by people who say that I'm entertained to watch a horror movie with because I'm generally more scared <laughs> than the characters in the movie. So I'm just going to go with all horror movies. I would not be a good fit. Well, you know, you have to think, so are we talking like, which would be the worst one to try to survive, right? That's at the end of the day what you want. So, hmm. I might go Bird Box. Like, I know it's not a horror but like, think about it. Like, you're trying to survive. I don't think I'd be good in Bird Box. 
right? Like, you, you know, you're, you're blindfolded the whole time. You're not allowed to see it. And like, ah, I don't know, like that. that you know, you got to be quiet. That wouldn't be good for me, right? Like, I'd probably be, you know, that, I wouldn't last very long. And, uh, hey, shh, what? Dead. So, I'd yeah. also like to go on the record and say I don't want to be part of a human centipede. <laughs> Just formally, for the record, no. No? Do you know what that is, Gregor? I do not. Ah, probably for the best. Connor, you might want to not let him look that up. Yeah. What's the, mean, what's, the, what's the human centipede? Uh, good question. It's too close to Halloween to tell you the truth on the air. Mm, okay. Just think of like a centipede with well, all I, the I, legs. Think and of all the legs. A human version connecting people. Connect? So we're all together? Yeah, but the, you know, then you're There's movies or... called Human Centipede. I didn't make this up, by yeah. the way. This is a legitimate <laughs> horror. Is franchise. it a horror movie or it's a horror, pretty horror movie? movie. Yeah. It's pretty horrible. Oh, okay, it's pretty horrible. It's horror. Okay, all right. I see it. No for me. That's a Cons, no. what about you? I mean, Michael Myers in Halloween, guy is pretty relentless, right? So I, I think that would be a tough one. He just doesn't quit. Yeah. Uh, but I might go Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger in the dreams. How do you defend that? It's uh, it'd be a tough one to be in. So I'm going Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, count you out for the Human Centipede or what? Yeah, you're out. Yeah. Okay, that one uh, not the top of my list. No, you're out. I get it. <laughs> Now, there's a few other ones, because when Connor had sent this question out earlier, I was looking them up. It's a movie I'd never seen, but then I read the whole thing, because they're like, oh, a really hard movie to survive in would be Cube, the 1997 movie. And basically, trust me, I'd never seen it, so I, I'm looking at I'd looked it up. Like, this guy wakes up in a mysterious cube-shaped uh, box, right? And uh, then he enters this other room, and there's a thin wire mesh that slices him into cubes. Ah! Right. So then you're like, it just seems like the dumbest movie ever. But I'm like, yeah, that movie would be almost impossible. Like, you have to be patient, which I'm not good at. Right. Moving slowly, not good at. So like there's certain movies where you have to know your personality type where you're just like, I'm not going to survive. Like Bird Box, no chance. Like, no chance. I'd be dead way too early. And so would Wanya. Like, hey, Wanya, be quiet. What? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Yeah, exactly. Done. So. Cons, what, well, we, we heard your answer. Yeah, I thought Wanye would go paranormal activity if you don't like jump scares. I mean, they, they made a franchise. I haven't seen jump these scares. movies. My mind is uncluttered. Ooh. I don't have nightmares because I don't watch horror movies. Okay. Now, now this one's, hey, guys, the Saw, yeah. because it's all torture. No. Yeah. Who, who watches this for entertainment? <laughs> Would-be serial killers. If you <laughs> sit down for an afternoon, you're like, I watch Saw. What a wonderful day. Popcorn. <laughs> I would like to take you to the police. I would like them to look into you. You have committed a crime at some point. You just have not been caught. Yeah. So, yeah, the Saw one's good because what's your ability to handle torture? Probably limited. Now, well, I think most <laughs> of us here, mo most of us listening, talking right now, I'm not sure our level of withstanding torture is going to be very high. No. Right? Like you think about you, you can go you get into the the special forces, you get trained how not to give up information when you're being tortured. Right? Like they got to go through horrific things. None of us have been through that. Right? Like think about like what's the worst thing you've had to endure in your life that remotely resembles torture? Probably the 2011 Hot Wheelers season. Yeah. Now, you know, I could say, honestly, like looking back in my life, I had a certain girlfriend who had like the word, the very high pitched voice and oh. it was torture at times. OK, I'll be honest. I was like, I'm out. I can't do it. It's like Seinfeld. I'm like, I can't do this. It's it's not working. Like it was literally torture. Like a squeak talker? She's a squeak talk. Very high That's a tough one to live yeah. with. Yeah. Like very nice girl. Yeah. Lots of fun, but I'm just like, I can't, like you know, when you're stuck at home and all of a sudden you're having this conversation, you're just like, after 20 minutes, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, give me some cotton balls. I got to plug my ears here. Like, what this if the is internal voice much? in your head started talking like that to yeah. you? It was too much. It's too much. It's too much. So you did the right thing. Yeah. Not good. So we'll see.
Uh, coming up after uh, 5 o'clock, uh, Speck will join us. He was uh, front and center getting the coach to drop F-bombs yesterday. Um, usually the F-bombs are directed at Speck, so this one wasn't. So, hey, you know, how, did they, how did that feel for him? Uh, we'll find out after uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Trust me, no screwing around there. They will, they will make you feel much safer, much more comfortable. Stop in Edmonton Kubota right now, north of Yellowhead on 156th Street. You can get 0% financing for seven, eight, no, sorry, 84 months. Seven years, 84 months on all compact VX tractors. EdmontonKubota.com.